Wow, this hey, started. it's Jared. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> Nothing, dude. How's it going? Oh, you know, pretty good. Yeah, it's like we're talking about. It's like eighty degrees in Florida. Just so you know. Oh, shut up. It's <laughs> it's temperature in oh, Alaska. Negative ten. Like, I um. Oh man, I can hear my audio in your in your microphone. Oh, I'll turn it down. Yeah. Uh, it. I think all things considered, it's been a pretty easy winter i'm not outside this winter so i don't really have a direct feel but like we haven't really hit those like 20 below plus it's kind of been like uh zero to ten below for like months at least that's my perception of it i mean i don't really go out there anymore but that's why that's what i that's what i see in the truck when i'm driving in dropping the kids off yeah i used to think that anything under zero actually i used to be like 10 below anything under 10 below is too cold yeah. Now I'm like anything under like 10 degrees is too cold. And if it's yeah, if it's yeah. colder than like 70, there better be some snow on the ground or something. Yeah, we've got. I think we've gotten a fair bit of snow, but I haven't like been snowboarding or anything this year, um, just because with all the kids, it's hard to like nail that down. And it's yeah. like in my mind, it's like oh, going snowboarding once is like fun, but it's almost like purposeless because it's like oh, I went once, so what'd you do? Or I like. By the end of the day, I was like back to where I was and <laughs> no. I'm never going to go again. You'll pick up right where you left off. You'll be surprised. I know. I know. It'll be, it, it would be fun. Maybe we'll go in like next month because then it'll I be keep, nice and be warm. I keep thinking the same thing as you. I keep thinking I'm going to go. Like I've been thinking we should go on a vacation or something, go snowboard, a snowcation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I keep thinking I'm going to go and then not remember how to snowboard. I'm going to spend the whole sure. vacation trying to remember how to snowboard, but. I'm pretty sure it just come back to me. Yeah, you'd get it in like the second run or even like down the first run. You get to the bottom oh, yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, I remember how to do all this. Yeah, what about What about with like your leg, though? Like, how's your recovery going? Oh, dude, I don't think I could snowboard right now. Yeah, not with my say, not like, with my leg. Probably not. It's, it's probably less my like leg and more like my hip joint because they like cut right probably. through my they mm. cut right through my I don't know, my hip flexor. Like I can feel this muscle or this tendon or something that's way bigger on my right leg than on my left leg. And it's right in my yep. hip joint and they just cut right through that sucker. And so anywhere where they cut, it's like the muscles are taking way longer to get back. Together. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense for everybody who doesn't know. Jared did a cool one wheel trick and then totally <laughs> bit it. And by that, yeah. I mean, he was just going as fast as it could go. And they have this tendency to buck you when you uh, go too fast. And then that's what happened and to Jared. He like, did. And then he yeah, bucked you up good, dude. And then yeah. it uh, <laughs> broke. Um, what'd you do? You broke your hip. Is that what happened? I broke like the ball of your femur. So your femur, when it comes up right. on the top, it kind of makes this slight curve. And then there's this big ball that like locks into your hip joint. I, mm-hmm. I literally broke that ball in half. And so that whole ball just snapped in half kind of vertically this way, like up and down. Yeah. Wow. Do you think that's kind just because you just like hit the ground so hard that it just like, dude, I, yeah, I hit really hard. And my yeah. hip was the first thing to hit. It was just, oh, and that t- took all the pressure of your, what were you going? 20 miles an hour? So as fast as it would go. So probably something mm-hmm. like that. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. But Hey, you're yeah. here and you're not on crutches. So that's awesome. I'm here. I'm not on crutches and I didn't die. So that's, a, that's a plus. Yeah, but, but did you die? <laughs> 
Dude, it's got me rethinking, um, you know, how I go about pretty much everything. Mm. Like, I don't want to say it was a near-death experience because sure. it probably wasn't. Could I have died if I hit my head? Probably. But, you know, and I've had this conversation with you, but it's the time, the recovery mm. time, like how much time mm-hmm. it's taken to go in for surgery and then you know, a month of sitting on the couch, basically sleeping, eating, sitting on the couch, only getting up to go to the bathroom. And then I think it's been, I was on crutches for three, three and a half months. Yeah. Um, and then I've been off of them for a month and I'm, I still am not walking normal, but I'm getting mm-hmm. there. Right. Mm-hmm. I imagine like full recovery, probably six to actually probably full recovery. It's probably a year. Yeah, get all your muscles to, back. Back to yep. the physical shape I was in last year when I broke yep. my leg. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, at least a year. A year if yeah. you're like doing all the right things and you're getting after it pretty good. Yeah, and then like you break your leg and it stops you from doing a lot of stuff. But, like I can't go work out my upper body because my my leg, right? I don't want to grab yeah. a bunch of weights and work out my upper body. Everything has to be sitting down. Yeah. So it really kind of hinders you a little bit. Yeah. It's worse than breaking your arm or something. That made me think of, you know, as like the providers in our households, mm-hmm. I think it's really important to have a diverse income stream because if you weren't, if you were just doing plumber stuff, dude, yeah. what would you do? Oh, I'd have been screwed, but I wouldn't have been going 20 miles an hour on my one wheel either. Oh, really? Right? So, so if you were still just plumber, Jared, would you have not? gone that fast on your one wheel like would you have made that calculation like i can't do risky stuff because i have to go to work tomorrow maybe i don't know i have no idea i kind of think you wouldn't just knowing you i kind of think you would (laughs) still go 20 miles on your one wheel because well because i mean if you think about it from your perspective like there's no reason why it should have went bad like you didn't do anything improper your one wheel just malfunctioned and kicked you off well like i I don't know if it was the one wheel's fault or if it was my fault or if a little bit of both. I have no sure. idea. Um, it definitely was unexpected. And I don't I don't know if I would have done it. Like maybe five years ago when my family totally relied on my income, I think I may have like chilled out a little bit. Sure, maybe just not gone as fast. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 I wonder what Christelle would say. She'd be the final word on this. She'd be pissed. Well, I mean, if she if she would oh, think that you would tell go you fast. No way, he still would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't really get but hurt I... until... I don't know. Until... I didn't really get hurt myself ever until she started working. And I think I got a little freer <laughs> with, with like, oh, I can hurt myself a little bit now. And oh my gosh. Oh, I can do deal. a little bit more cool stuff. Yeah, I can miss a month of work. No big deal, right? Yeah, Christelle's working. It's easy yeah. peasy. We're double insured. The <laughs> yeah. couple hundred thousand dollar hospital bills, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. I can start working on that backflip I was practicing off my house, you know? Yeah. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yep. I've had a, pro- I've still- had a pretty good co- last couple of years, though. As far as hurting myself, because I yeah I broke my finger almost completely off, and then I guess my ankle wasn't really anybody's fault. It just kind of like took a poop. Yeah, it's just, got ankle it's surgery, just a thing. had all that recovery, mm. and then broke my head. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, but it's still like it still presses in the point that like we should be concerned if we only have one stream of income. Yeah, we don't. Or like, or if you don't have like a bunch of savings or something, you know, like Dave Ramsey will be like, got to get a year of savings in there. And it's Mm -hmm. for this specific reason, because you don't know, like your finger, for example, like it didn't really, you were still working with your finger, but it just sucked because you had to do everything a little differently. But that was the total freak thing. You just got your finger slammed in a door. Yeah. So, but um, I missed a month of work and it cost me 20 grand. Sure. So, I mean, luckily, Christelle was working at the time. Um, it was before I, my business took off. Mm. Um, I, actually, I was still working for somebody. So, yep. yeah, that would have been bad. If she wasn't yep. working and we didn't have insurance, that would have been bad. Yeah. Because we would have had to pay yeah. that whole 23000 out of pocket. That would have just killed my savings at the time. And then I would have been out of work for a month. That would have been rough. Man, yeah, I wonder how many people can just like eat a huge medical bill and go out of work for a month on their own income. Yeah. Like I know, I know I couldn't like, Oh, I don't know a year ago, depending mm-hmm. on where my savings were a year right. ago, I could probably do it. But like a year before that, no way. Mm-hmm. And so what are like some, so if you're a bit like, so if you're a plumber, maybe you're a plumbing business owner, uh-huh. is it, would you recommend trying to diversify income streams in the beginning? I wouldn't think so. Like if you're just starting out in your business, you probably need to put all your chips in on one thing. Yeah, that makes sense. And really focus and really double down on one thing to mm-hmm. get it going and making money until it gets to a point where it's where you've either grown it to where you want it or to where it's just you can't grow it anymore. Like grow it to sure. a point where it makes sense to where it's to stop. Sure. Um because yeah, like, that makes sense. Like I think about me, like when I was growing Prospector, had I gone, had I gone, you know, ooh, I'm a year in, I made a little bit of money, I'm going to go invest in real estate now. That would have been the worst move ever. It would have taken sure. my focus off of it. It would have taken financial stuff that I needed for my other business or for Prospector, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably pretty important to just pick one thing and go all in on that one thing. Until you're at a point where you have the time and the resources to be able to go into other things. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, cool. So <laughs> we were talking about, it was like a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember how long ago it was, but we were talking about like when you start your plumbing business, these are the things you need to do. And so I think we should continue that conversation because that was just the very beginning step. And we just left off with like, you know, you get all your proper licensing, Mm -hmm. you hire a bookkeeper. Yep. Um, What else did we say? Um, Get a logo. Yep. Get a logo. Yep. Got your minimum viable product. So you can take a phone call. You can write down the information. You can go to the job and you can complete the work and then take payments. Right. That'd be your minimum viable product. Yeah. So what do we do? So now we're there. So now what do we do? What should we be thinking about? So hopefully at that point, you've got like some sort of marketing in place, I would imagine. At least hopefully like, when if you're a plumbing business, are we talking just plumbing business? Well, let's, we could, I mean, we could branch off, but let's just keep it with the plumbing because that's sort of the example that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we want to branch out into just business in general or other businesses, we can do that. Okay. So if you're a plumbing, I mean, I guess if you're any business, like when you start out, you're going to go get a website, a Google My Business profile, 
um, that kind of stuff. Very like Does, minimal base level should, marketing. Should every business have a Google My Business? Um, no, I don't think so. Like Coca-Cola doesn't have one, right? Sure. And it wouldn't really make sense. Um, sure. But if you're a service-based business where people are going to be searching your services on the internet, mm. your Google My Business is like the most powerful tool in your arsenal. Gotcha. Because it's where people find you on Google. So you get listed in the map pack. Google knows that you want people to search for your services. Um, so it's super powerful. Like that's probably the most powerful thing you can do is just get a Google My Business, put some pictures on there, some information, and get a few reviews. And all of a sudden, you'll get work just from that. Oh, wow. And it's gotcha. free. So you can't really oh, go wow. wrong. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just a matter of setting it up. Yeah. So, but hmm. I would say like, once you've got all that stuff set up, let's assume you're one man in a van and you've got a name, a logo, maybe you've got a little bit of stickers on your van, you've got a little bit of marketing going, then it's time to like really get serious. So I think we ended on on probably like get to work, go get in the van and go right. make some money, yeah. right? Yeah, and get a little to, money in the savings. Yeah. yeah, start stacking away a little bit of money, assuming you started with nothing. Yes. Um, and then like, I remember me, I stacked away 80 grand, which sounds like a lot of money, but it just, it stacked up really fast. Mm -hmm. I think there was like a four month period where that just stacked up and I didn't mm -hmm. really like it stacked up while I was getting all that other stuff in place. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that could be a possibility as well, depending on how busy mm -hmm. you can get, how, how much work you can get. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but you need to stack up some cash because the next thing you're going to need to do is invest in like more robust systems, people, softwares, mm -hmm. better logos, better branding, that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And that's going to take cash up front. And right, you're going to have to right. you're going to have to spend the cash, watch it disappear, to be able to <laughs> buy the thing that then makes your business grow and do better. This is mm -hmm. where a lot of people like. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't understand, especially like the marketing aspect, like, oh, I have to be willing to spend 20 grand this month in order to get the work to keep people busy. Right. Right. Sure. And so you almost, you have to like spend that money, watch it disappear so that you can go do the work to make it back. Hmm. Gotcha. So it's that first initial investment takes cash, whether that's credit cards or cash, whatever. Um, depending on how risky you are, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like me personally, like if I had to do it all over again and I didn't have any cash, I would be more than willing to take a marketing budget and put it on a credit card because I know I'm 100% certain that that marketing is going to get me jobs and that I'm going to be able to right. go to that job and make a profit and it's going to pay for the marketing. Right. So I know that from experience. So it's easy for me to go, Oh, sure. I'll yeah. Cause you have that, that experience. I'll, you can I'll trust that, that system. I'll make that bet any day. Right. Um, yeah. somebody who doesn't have that experience, maybe it seems a little risky, a little scary, but if you've got the cash and it's just a matter of watching your cash go away, that's a little less scary. Um, mm -hmm. it can be hard. Like as a, you know, somebody who grew, grew up and is a plumber, they likely didn't grow up in a wealthy house where they think about mm -hmm. money differently. So usually you come from a mm -hmm. house where, they have kind of a money, you know, money's limited. There's a limited amount of money and I need to mm -hmm. save it, right? Um, right? And really, when you're in business, you need to come at it with the mindset of abundance of, 
you know, there's plenty of money around. There's plenty of money for the get, for the getting, and that saving right. it doesn't really actually get me money. Like holding on to it really doesn't do me right. any good. If I take the money I have and I invest it into something that's going to make me more money, like marketing, then that would be a good use of your money because you know that there's way more money out there. I just have to go get sure. it, and to go get sure. it, I need to do this marketing, right? Sure. So there's a little bit of a mindset shift there. You have to you have to shift your mindset into going, okay, I'm okay with this money disappearing and never coming back. Not never coming back, but I know that if I spend this money now on this, there's a really good chance it's going to make me way more money in the future. Right. And and that's a tough one for for guys to see. Like they want to see their bank account continually build up as they're building their business. But the reality is that you're going to build it up right. and then you're going to blow it all. And then you're going to build it right. up <laughs> and you're going to blow it all. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. You, have to, you have to make those moves in order to keep growing your business. So yeah. we didn't really answer the question though. So, well, but the- we, we gave good information on like sort of the background True. of where we're going with the questions answer. Like the background is like, okay, now you need marketing so that you yep. can continue to get jobs. You got money in the bank. You're going to spend money on it. So the background is like, hey, you're going to have to spend money on this, but it's going to come back to you. Yeah. So either go get cat, go store some cash or get credit cards, right? Yeah. One of the two. Probably cash would be your least risky bet. Um, so then I would say probably next best move, like, I always tell everybody to think of their plumbing business in four pillars. And you've probably heard me talk about this. We've probably talked about it on the podcast, but basically you have, you know, marketing and then you have, we'll call it conversions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll, ha- then you have equipment and tools and then you have your team. And, and those mm-hmm. are the four pillars that, of your plumbing business that you have to grow while you're growing it. Right. And you mm-hmm. kind of need to grow them all in this organic fashion so ideally you would go do marketing which would get you phone calls and then you would go over to your conversion pillar and you would build your conversion pillar so that you can take those phone calls and turn them into book jobs and then you would build your you know equipment and tools so that you can go do the book job and then you would build your team so that your team can use the tools and equipment to go fulfill on the job and you would lead right back to marketing, right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. but like all those need to grow simultaneously or real close to that, okay? Yeah. So imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you can dump money into your marketing, right? Right off the bat. And you're going to get a ton of calls. But then if you don't have a way to convert those calls into book jobs, you know, whether that's yourself or a CSR or whatever, then... You're not going to be able to book jobs so the marketing doesn't do you any good. So you kind of have to grow those at the same time, right? Right. Um, So in the beginning, you spend money on marketing. You can handle answering your phones. But as soon as you're getting like a couple phone calls a day, like not very many, three phone calls a day, if you're consistently working, I would personally hire somebody to answer my phone first Mm -hmm. before I hired Mm -hmm. anybody else, before I did anything else. That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. Just because that frees up your brain power, right? Sure. So if you're answering all the phones and you're keeping the schedule and you're keeping track of all the jobs and the customers and all that stuff, that just clogs Mm. up your brain, clogs up your day. 
And if you can put that on somebody else mm-hmm. and then not even look at your schedule and just take it one job at a time or one day at a time, you're going to be way freer to like go make more money and then grow, grow these other two pillars that you have. Right. Mm-hmm. So that'd probably be the next step. I'd probably, I'd probably hire, I would probably hire, depending on like how many, the call volume, I would either hire a CSR would be step two, or I would hire a proper marketing company, like somebody, a marketing sure, company yeah. put on retainer. So you're paying up sure. a regular monthly fee. Like those two things are, are one of the two first two steps you're going to want to do, depending on how much money you have, how many, what your call volume is, you just have mm-hmm. to decide, should I hire a CSR or should I hire a marketing company first? If you need call mm-hmm. volume, marketing company first. If you have the call volume, CSR, then marketing company. Hmm. That's what I would do. I have a well. I have one comment on the freeing up your mind part, which I think is so important because, again, as the business owner, you need your mind devoted to growing the business. And if your yeah. mind is just sucked into doing the work, then you're going to be stuck in doing the work longer than you want, and you're going yes. to forget that this isn't actually your role. Your role as this new plumbing business owner is to not be the plumber. So right. to get there is the goal. So if your mind is just constantly thinking about this job and you know this person and these conversations and this call, you actually can't think about like the four pillars as you say. So mm-hmm. I, I think that people really shouldn't mm, we'll just say they shouldn't sleep on that idea. They shouldn't think that they can, oh I can think of all this stuff at the same time. It's like we'll just relieve yourself of that burden and hire somebody to do that. Well we'll call it grunt work so to speak so that you can think about the big picture. Yeah, um, totally. Like in the beginning, you're going to wear all the hats, right? Of course. I know. What's the book? The Oh, man. Kinda I'll never happens. think of the book that I'm thinking of when I want to <laughs> think about it. Any other time, I could have told you off the top of my tongue. Um, man, it's by Michael E. Gerber. It's about systemizing your business. Anyway, talks about wearing all the hats, right? So you're wearing yeah. all the hats in the beginning of your plumbing business. You are the technician, you are the CSR, you are the general manager, you are the owner. Mm-hmm. And the sooner you get rid of those hats, like the sooner you can afford to get rid of those hats, then get rid of them. Like if you don't right. have to answer your phones, if you're getting regular call volume, mm-hmm. then you're going to be able to afford to hire a CSR. The money's mm-hmm. going to be there because you're going to be going out and doing jobs and billing them and it's going to pay for your CSR. It's like the cheapest position you can hire out too. So mm-hmm. it's a good one mm-hmm. to start with. And then it just frees up space. And then it's like, okay, I got rid of that hat. Now I'm in this technician hat, right? That's my mm-hmm. next thing I want to get rid of. So then you mm-hmm. got to figure out, okay, how many guys do I need billing so that I don't have to be technician anymore mm-hmm. and then make that plan. Okay. I got to get mm-hmm. this much equipment this many tools, this many vans, this many guys, which means I need to do this much more marketing so I can get the call volume so I can book the jobs to keep everybody busy, right? Yep. Yeah, because... That'd be like your next move. You're thinking, like, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure most businesses, it's probably like three or four guys billing and then they can get out of the van. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you have three guys and you're still in the van, then you might as well hire the fourth guy and get out of the van, right? Sure. Because you have enough momentum that yeah. you can, you'll be yeah. able to cover it. Even if you're only busy like half the day or one job mm-hmm. a day, even on average, mm-hmm. that's, that'd still be enough. 
Cause then you could mm-hmm. pull out of the van and figure out more marketing and, and keep guys busier. Yeah. Cause we, we can't underestimate, I mean, really the money-making potential of a business exists in the mind of its owner in the mind of its CEO. Yep. And that person is then going to have to free up space in their mind and delegate these tasks to other people. And so they can go focus on other things because you can only yeah. make so much money doing the work yourself. But the true money comes in what you can think about when you're not actually having to work. Yep. And that happens because nobody else is going to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, true. You know what I mean? You as the business owner, yeah. you're the only one that's going to do that. Nobody else is going to do it. Nobody else is going to take that mm-hmm. responsibility. It's mm-hmm. it's a poopy responsibility. So why would they, right? Well, it's a poopy responsibility, but also they are their mind is consumed with their own tasks. Right. Like yeah. your technician is consumed with doing the technicians, hitting the conversions, doing all the things they need to do. They don't have time for them to be like, oh, how can I increase the marketing budget? Like, I wouldn't right. they wouldn't even think about that. They're not even nope. they're not even gonna be like, how can I like tell my friends about this company right. so that we can get more jobs? They're just like, I'm here to do jobs. Yep. Because that's where their brain is consumed. And the thing with that, Joel, like that's a good point because when the business owner is a phone answerer, he's a terrible phone answerer. <laughs> yeah. Because he's thinking of all these other things, right? So the yeah. second he can hire that out, man, his company just got way better. Okay. Because yeah. now you can hire yeah. somebody that that's mm-hmm. all they do and they're really good at it. Mm-hmm. Same goes with technicians. When an owner is a technician, you might think you're a really good technician. And maybe you are. Maybe you're the greatest on the planet, like I was. But. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is like when you hire guys, like all my guys are better technicians than I was. Not be- not that they're mm-hmm. technically skilled better. Some of them are, um, but they're way more focused because mm-hmm. that's their that's their only job, right? They mm-hmm. are focused on being a technician. When I was a technician in my own business, I was focused on technician, general manager, um, and running a business, business owner. Yeah. Like those were my hats yeah. that I was wearing. So my focus was split and I wasn't, I just wasn't that good of a technician. Sure. And probably yeah, any sure. of my guys that were with, that grew with me when, like back when I was still in the van, they'd probably tell you, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't very good. <laughs> good he was always he kind of scatterbrained and talking on the phone and like doing these yep. others. I had this faraway look in his eye. It was kind yeah. of weird. What are you talking about? I was thinking about something else. Sorry, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> totally, dude. Yeah, nope. Those are those are really yeah. good points. Yeah, and and I mean, like, you have to understand that everybody in your business, whether they say it or not, or whether they even understand it, they would rather you be the business owner because that is going to be within yeah. their best interests. Because then yes. you can actually truly look after their best interests by yep. investing in the pillars to continue yeah. to grow the business, to continue to get customers, to raise wages, all these things that they want. You have to remove yourself from that, sort of, so to speak, day-to-day kind of work to do that. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And that can be kind of scary for a lot of owners. Going mm. from, maybe not, maybe scary is the wrong word. They, like... I, I remember feeling it when, when I got four guys or three guys, like when I had three guys, I was kind of half in the van, half out. And then once I hired my fourth guy, I was like, I'm out. I'm not going back in. And I felt bad that I wasn't out there like working and billing and yeah. doing the things that they were doing, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but none of them cared. 
Nobody, hmm. the technicians mm, do not true. care. They could care less. Mm -hmm. They probably like that you're not out there <laughs> billing and yeah. getting in yeah. the middle of their stuff. Like one mm -hmm. thing, I one thing that held me back, like I grew fast, right? But it could have gone faster had I like not gotten involved in day-to-day -day dumb stuff. Like me personally, sure. because I felt bad, then I would be like, oh, I need to get involved in here or for some reason I need to take this very simple thing and make it difficult to make myself feel better about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just, mm -hmm. it just, I just ended up making stuff more complicated for no reason. Mm. Instead of letting my highly qualified, very well paid technicians handle it all. Hmm. Cause they told it good. Yeah. You got to be able to trust that the people you put in those positions can do the job. Do yeah. the job well enough for you not to have to be there all the time. And I think sometimes that can be intimidating. You yeah. can tell me what you think about this because like this, there's almost this idea that like you're almost replacing yourself. So if your value is put in your technician skills mm -hmm. and then suddenly you're trying to find somebody who's better than you to put in that position and you realize they are, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, Hey, wait a second. Am I no longer the best at what I do? But you're moving into a different spot that's way more helpful. And it's like, yeah. honestly, if you find somebody who's better than you, awesome. Get that guy in there and let him do the yeah. thing that he's better than you at and then go do other stuff. Heck yeah, Because he's going to go in there and kill it and then you can go and do other things in the business that will just make everything else better. Yep. Because every, everybody wants to work with people who are doing really, really good job. Every business owner wants that. Yeah. And yeah, so don't be threatened by bringing in talent and putting them in those positions. Yeah, you should, you definitely should bring in people who are more talented than you at those certain tasks, right? So mm -hmm. in that instance, to get out of the van and bring in somebody who's technicians who are way more qualified than you, that'd be a great move. I will say though, like some, some people, well, I guess two things. Mm -hmm. If you're the kind of guy that just wants to be a really good technician, then don't start your own plumbing business. Just go be a good technician somewhere else, sure. right? Mm -hmm. You have to want to start your own business, not mm -hmm. just to be a one-man show, but you need to want to like grow a business and become a business owner. Yeah, sure. Um, like that has to be what you want. Um, and then let's see, what was the, what was the other thing I was going to say? Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, when you're when you're making that transition of in the van to business owner and you hire these people that are better than you, you still have to maintain, like you have to step into that general manager hat. And even though these mm. guys might be better technicians than you, you have to be a, a manager. So you have to step into that role 100% and not be intimidated mm -hmm. by these people who mm. are better technicians than you, which sure. doesn't, even, doesn't even matter really because you are the general manager, right? You right. are, yeah. you yeah. have to own that spot. So mm -hmm. you can't like, I know I deal with a couple of clients who are, um, they have a hard time like taking ownership of that and realizing mm -hmm. that they still have to be this, like, I want to call it, you know, this strong foundation in their business sure. right? as yeah. the yeah. manager. Um, because otherwise your guys are going to walk all over you. Um, and you're not going to be able to get them to do, what you need them to do. So you still have to be that 
you really have, just have to own that role, I guess, is what, sure. is what you need to do, right? Like 100%. No ifs, ands, or buts. Like, this is the way we do things. Mm. You're a really good technician. I really appreciate you. I love your skill sets here. This is how we do it at this company. End of story. Sure. sure. And then just, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, so that's kind of like, when you move into that position, you're moving almost into, yes, different skill sets, but you're mm -hmm. also moving into character traits that will now have to carry those different skill sets. Yes. Because you have to stand in conviction and belief that you believe in what you're doing and what the company stands for. Yep. And so that you can talk to people who are more skilled than you. Because yep. that calculation shouldn't even come into your head. No. Because that's not the purpose. The purpose isn't for you to compare yourself to your coworkers and evaluate skill. The purpose is your role is now to motivate them to achieve the company's ends. And for you to properly do that, you need to be able to sit in a place that you actually believe in these ends to be able to do yeah. this. Yeah, it's re you really just turn into a leader. Yes. Is what it is. So you need yes. to be the most skilled leader in the room, not the yes. most skilled technician. Like leave the yeah. technician crap mm -hmm. behind. Mm -hmm. Be the most skilled leader. Like step up and be the most skilled leader. And I, you know, when I was there stepping into that, I'm not naturally the most skilled leader. Um, so it was something that, like I felt a little bit of an imposter syndrome and I know mm. other guys do too. Like, Oh, I'm stepping into this role that I'm not really a hundred percent comfortable with or qualified at. But if that's you, then you need to tell yourself, no, this is my role now and mm -hmm. I have to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, you have to go make the personal growth things that need hmm. to happen. You have to go learn how to be a leader just like you had to go learn how to be a technician mm -hmm. um, and you had to learn how oh, to sure. your business, right? It's the exact mm -hmm. same thing. Now you need to go learn this new skill set, and you need to become the best you can be at it so that you can be effective at it. Right. Where would you point guys to start with that? Like if they're struggling with that, like how do you, how do you learn those leadership skills? Where do you start? You know, I think, you can learn the skills, but I think also a lot of that just boils down to confidence. So if you mm -hmm. can go into that with mm -hmm. confidence, um, your guys will see the confidence. Um, and like for me, like I had to fake that confidence, right? And that's where the imposter mm -hmm. syndrome kind of came in. I wasn't confident mm -hmm. at it. But to, mm -hmm. to, to just fake it till you make it, okay, I'm the leader. I'm, I'm a confident, um, competent <laughs> individual here. And this is how mm -hmm. we do things at my company. And I'm going to hold my guys to it. And here's why. But then mm -hmm. also being, you know, willing to go back and say, okay, I made a mistake here. Sorry, guys. This is the new direction we're going. Mm -hmm. um, like if you can just do that, if you can just be confident in where you're going enough to say, guys, this is where we're going. This is how we do things here. I need you guys to get all on board. This is like, just sell them on the dream. Be confident in it. Mm. I think you're mm -hmm. going to be 10,000 times ahead, right? If yeah. that makes any sense. 10,000 times ahead. Whatever that means. Yeah, makes, <laughs> makes sense. It means that you're just going to be really far ahead. Like you're going to be on the path to getting your guys and your company where it needs to go. Yeah. And so that kind of comes into this idea that like, well, if you don't know where you're going, we can probably use words like vision or mission statement even of your company. Cause those mm -hmm. are the things that you as the business owner, you crafted those, you believe in those. And yep. you, when you have these moments of doubt, you go and look at those and like, Oh yeah, that is, that's what we're trying to do. And then you can go communicate those values again and try to like 
you know, get stoked on that idea. And then with confidence, continue to convince your team if they're not there yet or continue to encourage them if they are there and they're just losing confidence or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Your job when you step into that role really is like a rally the troops kind of role. Like, yeah, you have to come up with a vision of where you're going or what you want to do with your company and you have to rally the troops around that. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of like refining your systems at that point as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sure. To get everybody there. Yep. Yeah. Refining your systems, rallying the troops, getting them on board with your vision, including them in it and getting mm-hmm. them to believe mm-hmm. in it so that they mm-hmm. can work towards it with you. And that way they're not working against you on something. Um, right. Cause that can really suck. <laughs> it does. It really sucks. I know yeah. a lot of people they'll say, you know, make a dream so big that everybody else's dream fits inside of it. So you can think of it that way. Um, for me, mine was always, we're going to be the premier plumbing and heating company in Fairbanks, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Like we, we're going to put all these other plumbing companies to shame. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the best service, the best quality techs. We're going to pay you the best. We're going to have the best benefits. We're going to have the best vans, the best tools. We're going to be the best, the best. We're going to be, mm-hmm. be the best at serving our customers and we're going to take over the town. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I would sell my guys on, right? Because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. something they could get behind. And that's mm-hmm. something that, like, because, you know, if you're growing your plumbing business and you're priced properly, you're likely priced on the higher end. Mm-hmm. And so if you can rally them behind behind all that, like, we're going to be the best of the best, and we're going to take over the town, and, and we're going to give the best service, um, it gives, like, a reason for the, for the high dollar amount in your guys' minds, sure. right? Because sure. they don't understand mm-hmm. the business of it. They don't understand right. all your expenses. Even if you tell them, they don't understand and they don't care. Sure, um, they're not you. No. So if you can, if you can just rally them around that, they'll do just fine. They'll be mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, we're the best." I'm. I work here, so I'm the best technician. Mm-hmm. I am part sure. of the best technicians, right? Mm-hmm. I remember telling my guys all the time. Like I would sit them down in our Monday morning meetings and I would tell them, you guys are extremely talented, rare, special, valuable individuals because mm-hmm. of the skills that you have. Like, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And that's and, true. hundred percent true. Cause they don't realize it. They don't realize mm-hmm. how valuable they are. So if you can show them how valuable they are, um, then then they'll feel really good about it number one mm-hmm. but i mean the truth is like they are really really valuable individuals how many you know we've been at it for two and a half years hiring like crazy hiring everybody that walks through my doors i have eight technicians right now and i've hired i don't know 25 of them so eight of those have enough value to be able to continue to work for us mm-hmm. out of the 25 that we've that we've hired um mm-hmm. And, the, and we don't get a regular flow of applicants coming in our door, right? Mm-hmm. So these guys are special. Like they are the only sure. ones. None of the mm-hmm. other companies in our area has guys like my guys. Mm-hmm. My guys hmm. are top notch, extreme quality. Like they are good dudes inside. They have really mm-hmm. good character, really good skill sets. They're super, super valuable. So if you can show mm-hmm. them that, if you can show them how valuable they are, then... 
that's a cool thing. Like they'll, they'll rally towards your cause, right. Of being the mm. best, of the best. Cause they're like, you know what? We are the best. We do fit in here with this company who wants mm-hmm. to be the best. We are working towards being the best. Look at all the guys in this room. Mm-hmm. It's a cool thing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's those seems like good words that plumbing business owners should think about when they go and tell their guys, because I mean, the reality of the unique skill set of a plumber like like people will just say it. Oh, he's a plumber. He's a this that or anything. It's like, yeah, dude. But that guy can go into your house and like fix stuff that you would never even understand. Like dude, especially yeah. like in Alaska, like with your boiler system. Yep. It's like that's like that's a bomb in my basement. Dude, and just just being I'm not able to mess with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so just being able to like have the skill set of fixing stuff and be able to talk to a customer. Like to be able to communicate <laughs> and fix stuff and have both of those skill sets together, yeah, um, and turn them into like one product, that's super rare. Most yeah. guys who can fix stuff can't talk to people. Most people who can talk to people are terrible <laughs> at fixing stuff, right? So like it's this rare combination of skill sets to be a technician, a residential yeah. technician, and go and make people happy and enjoy your service and do a good yeah. job on their plumbing work. Mm-hmm. It's a very rare skill set in this in this day and age it just is and it's crazy i don't Hmm. part of me wonders like where is that going to stop what do you mean like i know we had this conversation the other day and maybe this will make a good another good podcast would be you know we have a limited amount of these guys right Mm -hmm. um because it's such a rare skill set and they're just getting paid more and more and more because they're Mm. so rare and to get them to come work for me, I have to pay them well. I have to pay them more than the other guys are. Um, and so where's that going to stop? Like our service sure. is already expensive. And the guys are just getting rarer and rarer as time hmm. goes on. Hmm. Where's that going to stop? It'd be a good, uh, good other podcast. Because I know like the apprenticeship program that I got in, when I got in, there was 200 people applied. And they would take 15 now they need to take 30. So the demand is up. And they are only getting like 10 or 15 applicants. Wow. So they're not even getting enough applicants to fill the need of being an apprentice. And that's just to go be, you know, work in a building somewhere as on new construction. That's has nothing to do with being a technician. Like out of those 15, over a five-year span, you might get two technicians out of that. So yeah. That's a good topic. We'll talk about that because that's, yeah, that's a big brainstorm session that we can have because that's is. a really key. A I mean, that's a that's a key question that has huge ramifications if you can't solve that question. Yeah. So what did we learn on this one? Well, we learned the steps after you have the very basic bones of your business. Yeah. Um, marketing you get CSR. Some, one of the two. Yeah. Or both. Marketing CSR. Start working on your pillars. Marketing conversion dude i got this i got this there's two more <laughs> marketing conversion <laughs> tools equipment vans and then yeah and then roll yeah. right back into more marketing more yep. conversions more tools and equipment and vans more team members yep and you Just- hire team members so that you can free up your brain to focus on the business and its growth and its final destination yep or its projected destination and then as you're doing that you need to be thinking about how you can believe in that dream so that you can convince everybody in your company that they're worth it and yeah. that they can believe in your dream and that they should be striving towards that excellence. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. Good one, buddy. Cool. Thanks, man. Okay. See you, Holmes. See ya.